0: Wow, I hope that worship was meaningful to you and that you were able to cut some distractions out of your life to connect your heart with God. I'm so grateful for our worship team. I hope you're grateful for our worship team too. So many amazing and beautiful things going on at Grace Free Church and I am pumped up about what the next couple of weeks hold in store for us. This series so far has been rocking my world. I hope it's been rocking your world as we hit up. The the title is, hashtag blessed, finding clarity and the good life through the words of Jesus. I don't know about you, but I need more clarity in my life, and I want the good life. I just do. It's not always what I think, and that's why Jesus, I need him to lead me where it's going. Week one, we talked about blessed, what it means to be blessed. Week two, we talked about our identity, being salt and light, absolutely incredible things. Last week, we talked about the main point to this whole Sermon on the Mount, which is this is different than religion, and the way of Jesus is better, but we need him, and we're about to jump into the hardest ethic in this entire thing, so I need prayer. Maybe you need some prayer, too. Your God, thank you so much for your love for us, and uh, man, so many amazing things going on, and we're just grateful to be able to gather wherever we're watching this, wherever we are, uh, whatever's going on in our lives, just to be watching this and knitting our hearts together and, and towards you. And would you just teach us um, this morning, help us to learn from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Frenemies, that's the name of this title, of this, of this passage. Frenemies, hashtag frenemies. Frenemies, you got some frenemies, friends, enemies. It's easy for our relationships to sink to new lows when we face stress in life. It's no wonder that most marriage marriages hit the hit the rocks, have their biggest fights when the couple is also under a financial burden. It's, it's because the stressor of life can take any relationship, this, the stressor of like, I don't know, say a COVID year or a pandemic or a, a contentious election, all of these things can just sink right into our dining, dining room tables at home. They can sink right into our friendships. They can sink right into our relationships and start us to sink to new lows. Listen, I don't, I don't know... Um, If they're important to you. But relationships are really important to God. And part of experience, the really good life, is having healthy relationships. It's learning how to relate to each other better. I don't want any frenemies. (laughs) Those are tougher than even enemies because they're close to us and can do the most harm. I want to follow God to the good life he has for me, and I know that that is directly correlated to how I relate to the people in my home, to the people in my workplace, to the people driving on the road, to my friends, to the people I hang out with, to the people at the Little League field. It's directly related to my relationships. Frenemies, I don't know, maybe you got some difficulty going on. Maybe there's somebody you're a little mad at today. Maybe you've had a relationship that feels strained or tensed. Maybe you're not connecting as much as you used to with your significant other, and you're starting to wonder what's wrong. Uh, we're going to look at like the, the toughest, what is called the toughest ethic in the Sermon of the Mount. And it's going to apply all the way down to your closest relationships. I need to read it to you first. Now, I, I, and you got to buckle up before I read it to you because this teaching from Jesus is hard and it's difficult and it's uncomfortable and I just want to take a moment to remind you of what Jesus' main point in the whole sermon because none of this will make sense. We talked about it in full last week. I'm just going to remind you of it this week. If you didn't catch last week's message, what are you waiting for, right? Like, go back, watch it. Gracefreechurch.net slash talks. Check it out. This one um it starts in verse 38 of chapter five. It's tough, so I hope you're paying attention. And I hope you don't cut out after I read it, because the explanation is life-giving. What Jesus is really saying will free you. It'll elevate your relationships. He says this, you have heard it said, eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. He's referring back to the law in which they had lived by, and this law was called the law of retaliation. But I tell you, no, sorry, not retaliation, retribution, the law of retribution. You have heard it. Heard that it was said, eye for an eye, tooth for tooth, that's the law of retribution. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person, huh? It goes on to give some examples. If one slaps you on the right cheek, turn them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go, one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You have heard it said, Jesus went on, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your father in heaven he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous if you love those who love you what reward will you get are not even the tax collectors doing that and if you greet only your own people what are you doing more than others do not even the pagans do that be perfect therefore as your heavenly father is perfect this is different than religion this is different than culture this is different than how you want to treat your friends and family it's way different than how you want to treat your enemies this is way different and we're trusting that life with jesus is better and you can't do and apply this rightly without him it's just impossible What you have here in this thing is so hard because, well, because wrongs hurt. And you have probably experienced a lot of wrongs. And when you've experienced wrongs, what happens is something deep down inside you, alongside the tremendous hurt you feel. And come on, some of y'all know that the wrongs done by people closest to you carry a much bigger sting than sometimes the wrongs done to us by our enemies, the frenemies, hurt. When, when a wrong is done to you, you, you feel the hurt, wrongs hurt. And at the same time, somewhere deep inside of you, there's this thing that rises up that says, it's not fair. Come on, you've, you've said it at home in your marriage in your closest relationships. There's been times where something hasn't gone right, it's been difficult, it's hurt you, you've been stung, you've been let down, you've been disappointed, and alongside that hurt in your heart comes this feeling deep down inside of us, a moral compass given to us as part of the image of God like that, set, that cries out for justice and it, it says, it's not, it's not fair, but it's not fair. And here's what's happened next. What what happens next without Jesus, right? What happens next in our homes is a misapplied law of retribution. That's the law Jesus was pointing out right here. It's a It's the law of retribution, and it was a law that he attacked the Pharisees uh, with because the Pharisees had taken this law, it's found in Exodus, this law was given to, to govern, to limit the retribution that was dished out for a crime in the court. The judges, this was a guideline for the courtroom for the judges to be able to make sure that the punishment for a crime committed was fair. These judges in the Israelite nation would take the crime into consideration and they would deal out equally, but not more than what had already been committed. Justice would be felt by the victim, handed out by the judge, and it would be guaranteed not to supersede. Now, now you got to remember, these people are coming from a culture where that wasn't the case at all i mean they were slaves in egypt so this law of retribution at the time they were wandering through it was fair and it was good and it was right and it was given to protect both the victim and the offender the law of retribution but along the way the religious leaders those pharisees the people jesus is coming at the hardest in this passage the strongest throughout his time here with us, the religious leaders had taken this law made for a courtroom and they applied it to the living room. They, they took the law of retribution and these people who did not see justly, who did not... Ab- weigh their own worth rightly nor did they weigh the worth of others rightly who they were trying to oppress in their hands applied to personal relationships it became a never-ending downward spiral that would sink both the offender and the victim it's no good the the misapplied law of retribution you feel hurt And instead of an eye for an eye, it's more like a lie for a lie. (laughs) Instead of an arm for an arm, it's more like a finger for a finger. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a harsh word for a harsh word. And you see the cycle start to spin out, maybe between a mom and a daughter. Harsh word returned after hurt felt. It's not fair with another hurtful word, and a wedge starts to drive into the relationship. And the next thing you know, you're both sunk and have no idea how to get back to where you once were. It happens with husbands and wives, with bosses and employees, with your coworkers, it happens over and over and over again. You see, the Pharisees weren't the only ones who misapplied the law of retribution. We do it every day when we want to get ours because that's stung. I want to show you something, right? Like I want to show you misinterpreted law of retribution. I have this this little thing over here. Just bear with me for a second. Should have flipped that first. All right, there you go. Now you can see it. Uh, I have this thing here, right, like it's a, it's sand, like it's just, it's just sand, that's it, just sand, okay, so, so I want to introduce you to two people who could demonstrate this for us uh, pretty good, and the first, the first person I wanted to show you here is, is this guy, right, named, named uh, Tony, and then there's this other guy, Whose name's Steve, right? Like two dudes? Two, two dudes are going to help us illustrate this, this point here. And uh, here's Tony, right? There's Tony. And here's Steve. <laughs> Come on, you ever see Marvel? You watch Marvel movies? You got Disney Plus rocking at home? I don't know. We've watched a lot of movies during COVID year, and we've jumped into the Avengers in my household, and, uh, and I want to, I don't know if you ever saw this movie, but there's a movie out there called Civil War, it's the uh, Avengers Civil War, I think it's Avengers, it might be a Captain America Civil War movie, I don't, I don't quite remember the title of it, and right now, someone who's way into this is getting mad, because I'm butchering, I'm butchering the title. Uh, But in this movie, this Marvel movie, we'll just call it Captain America Civil War, right? Like, you have these two, two, two guys that are on the same team. You have Tony, Iron Man, and you have Steve, who's Captain America. And they're on the same team, the Avengers, fighting evil throughout the world and protecting the people. But what happens is, in Civil War, through some manipulation, because they don't communicate well, there's some stuff going on, these two start fighting each other, right? Like, they start... They start fighting each other in the sandbox and digging in and they misapply the law of retribution. They keep fighting with each other and fighting with each other, and what happens in the movie is it just escalates bigger and bigger and bigger. Things get worse and worse. The fights get heavier and heavier. They draw people into it. They're pulling people into it, just like you do at home, right? They're pulling people into it, and before you know it, what you have is this disaster where these guys have spent the entire movie doing whatever they were doing, and the bad guys they just get away with it and what happens it's like when you misapply the law of retribution to your relationships you're living on sand and you're gonna sink you just keep going lower and lower and lower and lower until you're sunk now I want to show you something here right like so this is this is Steve and this is uh this is Steve and this is Tony but this easily, this easily could be like Josh and and Jen, right? Like this easily could be, could be, I don't know why I made Jen Captain, I guess she's more like Captain Mary. This easily could be you and me this could be you and your parents when it's not fair and you feel hurt and you trade blow for blow you just end up sinking into this thing where like right like it could be you and your boss you wonder how you got there but you've taken a hurtful word and you've returned a hurtful word you feel slighted because they didn't help you mow the lawn so you don't put away the dishes you just return blow for blow and it escalates and it escalates the next thing you know it's not that you're just saying hurtful things you're saying i hate you you're not just saying uh you're not just doing things to take shots at them. Every day is a day completely full of shot after shot after shot, and you don't know how to get it back. You don't know what to do about it. You just sink lower and lower as you return what you perceive to be misjustice with more misjustice. It's the miss. <laughs> I made a mess here, right? Like, it's the misapplied law of retribution. And when applied to personal relationships, you both end up sunk. And you have no idea how to get back out of it. You have no idea what to do to make it any different. Just just sunk. If only there was a way that you could not lower yourself to the injustice you see around you. If only there was a way for you to deal rightly in your relationships, to find true fairness in your relationships. If only there was a way to elevate your relationships. Maybe, maybe, Instead of being sunk into a pit of sand wondering how you got there or wondering how you're going to get out of there, instead of looking at your husband and thinking, man, this is over, I used to love him, now I just think I hate him every time I see him. the the look of the smell of his laundry makes me feel rage. Instead of looking at your wife and saying, I don't know what happened to her. She's so cold and distant. I I don't think I want to be with her. Maybe there's somebody else. I'm just going to treat her like dirt every time I get home. Instead of looking at your parents and thinking that they are the worst people in the world for being so cruel to you and for creating this kind of place where you you, you don't have the freedom that you should have, and it's not fair. What if there was a way you could elevate yourself and not sink so low, even when it hurts? What if there was a way to inject some joy back into your relationship to get back what was lost? What if Jesus, showing us the flaws of a misapplied law of retribution could help you rise above whether the hurts coming from an enemy or your spouse whether the hurts coming from a bully or your parents i don't know what if there was a way what if there was a way to rise to rise above it and uh Jesus, he comes into this passage showing the flaws of the misinterpreted law of retribution. The best explanation for what happens next is found in Romans chapter 12. I just love this, this part in Romans chapter 12 because honestly, it's hard to think about turning an eye for an eye to, uh, take eye for an eye and it's hard to think it's harder even to think about turning the other cheek when someone smacks you when someone smacks me obviously I want to smack them back like how do you go how are you supposed to live when you turn the, does that mean we just become pacifists? does that mean that we we just uh, we just let people run all over us does that mean that we lay down does that mean that we're going to get lit up by all the people in our lives what if someone tries to attack me and my family am i not allowed to defend myself like all those things run through my mind and maybe they're running through your mind but i want to show you through romans 12 what jesus is actually saying as he shows the flaws and shows a better way than the misapplied law of retribution it says this in romans 12 chapter verse 9 it says love must be sincere Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Now, notice this passage is talking about love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal. Keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction. This is when it starts to take the turn south a little bit here. Faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. It's like Paul knows, man. He knows the words of Jesus, and he knows how hard it is going to be to apply, so he says it twice. Wait, yeah, you heard me right the first time. Bless and do not curse. Sometimes you got to mumble that blessing out through gritted and grinding teeth. Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. And this is what that law of retribution was talking about. It's not talking about self-defense. Of course you can defend yourself. Of course you can protect your kids. Of course you can protect your family. Of course you should do what is safe and smart and remove evil that threatens you. Of course you should do that. It's saying don't repay. That's what resist means when Jesus says it. It means don't return the violence a violent act with more violence. Do not repay evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. It is, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And start at I'm adding this, and start at home. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. Here's the important part: Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room. For God's wrath, For it is written: Throw back here to Deuteronomy 32: "It is mine to avenge. I will repay," says the Lord. On the contrary, it gives us a different way here. Now this is what Jesus was getting at. It's a different way. It's a different law. If your enemy is hungry, feed them. If he is thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, now this is the part I love. This is the part some of y'all need to write down. If this gets you there, then it gets you there. It doesn't matter how you get there, just get there, right? Like, in doing this, you'll heap burning coals on his head. Shout out to Proverbs right there. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Listen, when you hurt and you feel that cry For justice in your heart when when you feel that it's not fair though Josh when you feel that and then you return hurt for hurt the only one you're truly hurting is yourself you're being overcome there's no freedom in that there's no joy at that some of y'all want to know why you're so miserable it's because you've been working to be miserable really hard by returning insult with insult and hurt with more hurt some of you want to know why at home it's so miserable and you don't talk to each other let alone hug and kiss each other anymore you want to know why it sunk so low it's because you've been working at sinking so low by misapplying this crazy law of retribution to your personal relationships, I get it out of your living room. The, there's a better way. And the way that Jesus shows us, it's actually a strong way. It, it takes more strength. It's what Paul was saying. It, it's the law of love. Jesus would go on to give some examples four of them. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, turn them the other cheek also. Interesting enough, that doesn't mean probably what you think it means at first glance. Doesn't mean you get decked then just let them deck you again. If someone were to strike you on the right cheek, they would, in their day and culture, take their right hand, and they would strike you with the back of their hand. And what this meant in their culture and their time was that you were a subordinate, you were less than, you were weak, you were like a slave to them. They didn't view you as unequal. They viewed you as dirt, as less than. And Jesus says, turn to them the other cheek also, So when you're turning the left cheek, all of a sudden, they would have to strike you with an open hand across the face. And what that meant in their day and culture is, I'm your equal, man. You return love and elevate yourself. You can't hit me like that. I'm your equal. I'm right here in front of you. I'm not going to cower. I'm not going to turn and run. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to roll around in the dirt. I'm your equal, and I stand here with dignity and strength, and I'm choosing to love instead of smack you back. (laughs) He goes on and he says this, he gives another example. He says, Anyone who wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand them over your coat as well. The coat or the cloak in some of your translations was a very important piece of clothing. Oftentimes in that day and age, it was used as a covering, like they would sleep in their cloak. It was like a cloak, coat, slash blanket, which sounds like a phenomenal idea. We give blankets out around my my people. My people like to wear blankets around the house. Like I got, he's like it's, like, it's like they love everybody. Loves a blanket that you can also wear as a coat, especially in the air conditioning. They had rules that if you borrowed one of somebody's cloak, you had to return it to them before nightfall, no matter what, because the cloak was probably the most important piece of clothing. It was security, and he's saying like, if they ask for your shirt, tell them they can't take anything from you that's gonna ruin you. They can't do anything to you. That's going to keep you down. You got nothing to hide. It doesn't matter what they try to expose. You're good. If anyone wants you to go a mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks and don't turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. I'm going to be a philanthropist not a victim you need something and you're treating me unfairly asking the wrong time, the wrong guy I'm going to go above and beyond to show you what a good heart looks like I walk with you and then all of the sudden Jesus here is showing a picture of the law of love and how it doesn't sink to the level of the one who hurts you it rises above. Listen, you got to stop sinking to the level of the one who hurts you. Rise above and elevate yourself with the law of love that Jesus gives us. It will free you. And then at some point, you know, the other people who are sinking are going to need to reach up for some help too. This is the law of love and it's so beautiful. Jesus would go on to explain this law of love and give us a great example. You've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. I tell you to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. You can do that when you're free from the misapplied law of retribution and you choose the law of love. Love is not just an emotion. We think of love as an emotion. Love is an act of the will. Love is something you do when you don't feel it. Love is how you show up when things aren't good. Love is what keeps you there even through the rough patches. Love is so much more. Young people, right? Like love is not an emotion. When some boy says, I love you, they're talking about their emotion and you can tell them, hey, that's cute and all, but that's not real love. Love isn't how you feel. It's an act of your will. That's how you can choose to love your enemies, even when you don't feel it. It's so how you can be free to pray for those who persecute you. And it says this, that you may be children of your Father in heaven, by, who, by the way, causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good. We live in such a, a sheltered place in our, in our culture here. We have no idea the depth and the evil that's out there. How gracious is God that even still, in the worst, with the worst of humanity, the sun still rises on all of us he still sends rain to all of us it's a picture of his grace if you love those who love you what reward will you get are you are not even the tax collectors doing that and if you greet only your own people what are you doing more than others do not even pagans do that be perfect therefore as your father is perfect here's some tips right to end it choose love you can start to choose love by one, expressing trust in God. You have to say, God, it's not fair, but you're going to take care of it. I trust you to take care of it. You heard all, all the rights and all the wrongs. You, you've seen them all you are the god who sees me you hear me you know the hurt i feel in my heart because of this relationship or because of what they said or because of what they did or because of how they walked out on me because of those terrible things that were spread around because of them about me like you you see it all you hear it all i choose to trust you justice is yours David dealt with, said, deal with my enemies, right? Like, you deal with them, God. I'm going to choose a better way. I trust you to be the good judge when I hurt others and when others hurt me. Number two, forgiveness. Forgiveness is so tough, but it's clear in Scripture that forgiven people are told and called and required to forgive others. Uh, that, that's really tough when you're talking about really deep and hurtful and sometimes even terrible things. Forgiving other people, it does not mean letting them back into your life. It does not mean subjecting yourself to more abuse. It doesn't mean you have to put up with it. It doesn't mean you can't defend yourself. Forgiving other people means you choose to let it go in your heart. Here's another tip, right? Three, I think. Don't keep reliving the hurt. Instead, focus on the grace. You can step away from all of that really difficult stuff, but just saying, God, here, here it is. It hurts, and I'm not going to replay those situations over and over in my head, because when I replay them over and over in my head, all I, all I get is angrier, all I get is mad, all I want to do is knock somebody out, get somebody back. Eye for an eye, um, you know, tooth for a tooth, um, I don't know, what a finger for a finger, um, hurt lie for a lie. Like I just want to the more I replay it. So I'm going to choose to express my trust in you as a God of grace and justice. I'm going to express it. But just not reliving the hurt. And when those hurts come up, Instead of reliving the hurt and focusing on the person who offended me, I'm going to focus on you and your grace and the strength you have for me. Listen, don't misapply the law of retribution to your life. It's made for a courtroom, not for your living room, not for your workplace. Choose a better way. Choose the law of love. Elevate yourself, and in doing so, you will elevate your relationships, and you will see a God who sustains you, who is for you, who has your back, who will be with you, and who will, at the right time, deal justly with all of the injustice in our lives that we just cry out, it's not fair. Do you trust him? Can you trust him in your relationships? Choose to let it go. And love those who, man, sometimes it's really hard to love. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much that you give us this very hard ethic to follow. It's so important, but like, man, it's something we need. I'm tired. We're tired of just sinking lower and lower in our relationships because we've been hurt, and it's not fair, and and a lot of times it's not. We just want to get back make it right ourselves we can't we just end up sinking lower i pray that you'd help us experience freedom for that by choosing to love like you loved by choosing to show grace like you chose grace but we can't be perfect like you're perfect we need you we need you in our relationships we need you to restore what is broken we need you to heal what is hurt mend what has been torn We need your strength to let it go, your strength to forgive. We just ask for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.